Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by the cowlot.com. You've heard me talk about them on the podcast before. I had the owner, Glenn Orms, on the show. If you're looking for a new cowboy hat, and I know you are because you're listening to this podcast, the cowlot is the place to go. Glenn is uh, a stickler for getting you the right fit and getting you the right shape and customer satisfaction and service is the utmost of importance to those folks over there so head over to the cowlot.com order yourself a new lid you're going to love it uh, tell them dan at the modern cowboy podcast sent you i wanted to take a moment to uh, just thank all the listeners all you out there that uh, listen to the show dm us leave us reviews it's, we just we really appreciate it appreciate your support uh, i just wanted to read something here from a a listener that DM'd us here just recently, um, his name's Cabe, and he says, Hey there, Dan. Wanted to say I appreciate your podcast like no other. I have never been into podcasts much, and since I found Modern Cowboy, it's all I listen to. I'm just getting out of college and working on a ranch in South Carolina, but I've struggled figuring out what path I want to take with both cattle and horses. Your podcast and those you have on it have truly been an inspiration to me and what I dream to do. Keep up the good work. I appreciate what you're doing. Thanks, Cabe. It's just we get messages like that all the time, and we just we really appreciate it. And I just I want to acknowledge you know all of the all the people that follow and support the show, and uh, we thank you very much. And uh, if you hadn't had a chance yet, hey, head over to iTunes or Spotify or website or wherever you listen to podcasts at, and uh, just uh, leave us a review. We'd really appreciate it. I want to give a big shout out to my wife uh, Stephanie. Steph's just she's got a real love for people and back in 2018 she had an idea she wanted to start a company where she could find a way to bring hope and encouragement along with giving from the heart to others after a couple years of just trying to figure out and, and a lot of prayer she's finally had launched it now and she kicked it off with uh, with a graphic tea and this tea is called the Stacy's tea it's inspired by uh, her good friend Stacy, who was diagnosed with stage four cancer. She's a single mom with five kids, so it's a really cool tea. You can go to www.perseveranceu.com, and that's the word perseverance with the letter U at dot com, uh, and you can see the tea. One hundred percent of the profits go to Stacy and her family. There's, there'll, there'll be more of these inspirational teas to come they'll be named after actual real people that are fighting the fights of life that we all have i don't know anyone whose lives haven't been affected by cancer or some type of horrific disease or illness so check that out and and if you're able to help you get a, a great tea and we just ask that you would keep stacy and her family in your prayers where are you cowboys and cowgirls at Hey everybody, this is Dan Hillenbrand and welcome to Modern Cowboy, the podcast for the cowboy lifestyles and businesses around the world. I'm glad you're here, so sit back in your saddle and prepare to be inspired, motivated, educated, and entertained as I interview a new guest each week that embodies the modern cowboy. Make 
the saddle and the stage I don't know nobody, nothing Everything I got's my own Some say I'm just a band to the bone I'm a cowboy, yes I am I was born to rope and ride Hey everybody, welcome to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. Uh, uh, we're recording this tonight on a Tuesday night, and it might be a little bit different type of a podcast than I've done before, because this is the first time uh, I've been drinking a little wine before. <laughs> tonight I was barbecuing, had a nice sirloin tip out there on the barbecue, smoking a nice uh, Drew Estate Liga Pravada number 9, and drinking some 14 Hands Cab, which I love, and... You know, we're, we're all locked down this weird time and weird things going on, and, and I just figured, you know, I'm going to do stuff a little bit different. And a matter of fact, I, I got to give a shout-out to 14 Hands Wine because I, I love this stuff, the, the cab. And then I got a new knife for Father's Day. Uh, I've, always, I've always wanted, like, a really nice chef knife. My son got me one, and it's the brand is Dahlstrong, and it's the Quantum Series. And, man, and then this thing, is it's, it's amazing. So I, I enjoyed the uh, slicing my steak with that but anyway that being said i'm super excited to have my guest on tonight wacy barda he uh, has a company called where they buck um actually I, i'd met wacy up here in wickenburg and then i had uh, another guy on my podcast who i just i just love this guy and his episode was was so cool and he actually had sent me some re, uh, recommendations for guys i'd have on it this was chris douglas he's a photographer and and uh, he's a lot of things, but super cool dude. And and one of the names he sent me was Wacy's, and I'd, I'd already had him on my list, so that was kind of cool too. So anyway, let's uh, welcome Wacy to the Modern Cowboy Podcast. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. You bet, man. Hey, so hopefully you, hopefully you got a glass of wine or something too, um, some spirits uh, you can enjoy while we're doing this. Let's t- tell everybody a little bit about where they buck is and, and, and how that got started and... and- kind of go from there well um i kind of had i had the idea for it for quite a while at that point in time i still rodeo and i worked for myself and i started my own company doing a concrete coating but company in the construction business and i just the only reason i started that is because i wanted something to like make good money on but still rodeo as much as i wanted to when i wanted to so i mean if things weren't busy i'd i'd stay home and work for a bit and two three four weeks whatever month but if if rodeo schedule looked good and I was entering a bunch, then I could take off for two or three weeks if I wanted to. So I'd just been riding bulls and, and working for myself, and I kind of slowly but surely had been growing this idea um, to start doing media and production around bull riding. I'd already been helping uh, on a lot of different levels, you know, as I came up through the years. I just always – I always like getting involved and in, in helping out in some aspect, whether – we took on the benefit auctions or, or getting guys hired for an event or selling sponsorships. And, uh, I started growing this idea for where they buck in my head. And, um, at that time it wasn't necessarily where they buck. I didn't, I wasn't sold on a name yet. I had like 20 different names written down and I was going to do it and going to do it. And I just like never got around to it because I was either working or rodeoing. And then, man, I'm going to say 2010 or 2011, maybe, uh, I was, I'd been riding really good at the time and really thought I was getting ready to go take off and rodeo a bunch. And um, 
I broke my leg at Stafford at the toe rodeo. Broke it really bad. Um, hung a spur in a flank, and and I'd won second at the rodeo the night before, and I'd won pacing the week before at the toe rodeo. Just been on a roll, and just a freak deal, and hung a spur, and and this bull stomped on my leg and compound fractured my tip tip, oh. and uh, broke it gnarly bad, like both bones blew out the calf muscle, like. The pictures are pretty gross, and they they were scared, thinking like maybe I could lose my leg. So, anyways, they flew me to Tucson and got me in emergency surgery, and and got it all saved, and pulled my leg apart and put a big rod in from the backside of my knee all the way down to my tib, and some screws through there. And uh, anyways, I, I was home, and I was I mean I was super crippled, couldn't even get up the stairs in my house, and um, I couldn't do anything but sit there. So I kind of started penciling away with all the outline and everything for where they buck. And it really started with the goal was like to get into production, but um, starting with media around bull riding. I said, man, I, I really want it to be focused all around bull riding and rough stock. Hence the name that I settled on where they buck. Like when you come here, we're talking about where they buck or people want to find out where they buck and they come here. So uh, I started it then and, and, and kind of started with the network. And I mean, um, it started with a graphic design and a logo and uh, a cheap little basic website and social media. And we started doing media and coverage and uh, slowly doing it with the idea that I had because I just always thought that I was like, man, there's a lot of people doing media, but not really a lot of people doing media the way I'd like to see it or the way I think a lot of people would like to see it. Um, so kind of like to do it a little bit different. And, and put a lot more spotlight on stuff, but all these places don't have big production companies. So come in here and do it grassroots. And uh, that's that's how it started. And um, man, I don't know. It, it didn't happen overnight by any means, but within five, six, seven years later, my first little cheap camera has kind of grew into a little bit more and it's still very much grassroots, but we're doing highlights and interviews and stuff for the ABBI, uh, the permanent challenge at the finals, the buck and bull sale, just the sports medicine team, uh, board gaming, um, just numerous deals. And it just really grew and, and, and took off from there. That's super cool. Now, did you grow up in Arizona? I did not. Um, I've been in Arizona. Luckily I got to Arizona to start riding bulls. I'm from Nebraska. That's where I call home home. I was born in Kansas cause my dad was stationed there. Uh, I'm third generation uh, bull rider. My grandpa rode bulls, had his PRCA card, her RCA card back like 42 to 47, I think. Man. My dad rode bulls. All my uncles did. And uh, they all dabbled in everything a little bit. They got on some bareback horses and roped a little bit. And I, so, of course, I wanted to, but then my dad got back in the military. So we lived in Alabama and D.C. And they didn't have much for like a junior rodeo scene really at the time you know, at that point. So I'd just been wanting to ride and wanting to ride. And then finally my dad got stationed over here in Arizona. So when we came back, he had already been scoping it. He was stationed here before we got here and uh, found a practice pin in Arizona. And I moved to Arizona when I was 14 and a uh, new place to start practicing. And then when I started riding bulls, my dad started getting on again oh, and yeah. going too. Yeah. So I was like 14, just figuring it out. And, my dad started getting on again and going like these open bull runs and ammy bull runs around here. That's crazy. Now, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've met you in person. You're a tall guy, 
So was that you know a, a disadvantage for you at all? You think? I mean, how tall are you anyway? Because you're you're pretty darn tall. I'm I'm six three. Yeah, my dad's six one. I'm a little bit bigger than him, six three. And uh, of course it was, and I got that a little bit when I was, um, you know, first starting because mm-hmm. I feel like further back there's more that mystique of like you know tall guys don't ride bulls and there's just right. very few. <clears throat> but uh, I mean, it definitely didn't come fast for me. It took me a while to kind of figure things out. But at that time, too, there was tall guys that were making it happen. You know, there was Owen Washburn and Lonnie Steverson and guys like that. And then, of course, over the years, there's been more and more tall guys. So I feel like they're, you know, you're not the anomaly if, if you're a big guy. And, I mean, I think it's definitely a little bit more of a challenge. You got a lot more body to control. And especially these days, I think there's a lot of smaller bulls, more mm-hmm. so in the breeding program. So being a big guy. But, yeah. I mean – there's plenty of big guys that have had a ton of success and, and been plenty capable. And I think it's just kind of knowing your body and, and, and knowing how to ride with it and being aware of it. So Yeah. Being an athlete. I, cause I, I met uh, Ross Coleman, I think, what was it? Maybe about a year ago or so. And, and not, you know, I always loved watching him ride and stuff. And I was surprised how tall he is. Cause I think he's like uh, six foot or six one or whatever, but um, you know, I watched yeah, I think him Ross ride. is like six one and, and a stout yeah. dude too. Yeah. 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 He, definitely. Now, just uh, out of curiosity, uh, did, did you ever do any modeling or anything? I mean, you know Chris Douglas, and, and you know, he's got the history <laughs> of modeling, and then you're this big, you know, tall, handsome, you know, cowboy. Have you? or I, I, I did just a little bit of stuff when I was younger, and then mm-hmm. actually, actually speaking to Chris, uh, because Chris was going to get me into some stuff, he's like, man, I could totally get you lined up. You're the right mm-hmm. height, right field. And mm-hmm. Chris was on, at that time, he was still on a soap. And I went and stayed with him over in L.A. in, like, soap opera actor land for a little right. bit. And um, he's like, man, I can get you a job over here, like, getting some extra work. and It might turn into something. And I was like, man, extra work doesn't pay enough to live over here, <laughs> even if I'm staying with you. But he, he actually – I did a big photo shoot with a guy for a book over there. And it was kind of a hassle. And I always wanted to do a little bit, but – um, it wasn't super my scene, so right, right. I, I probably could have did a little bit more uh, on the low end of things, I guess. I just never, <laughs> never pursued it too much. Very cool. So now, besides riding bulls, did you did you do any other events, or uh, do you, I don't do you rope at all or anything? Or I don't. I used nope. to piddle around a little bit with my aunt and uncle's house when I was younger because I went back to Nebraska one year in high school rodeo, mm-hmm. and one of my cousins she was roping at the time, and they were packing us all to high school rodeos. And uh, I got on a couple of bareback horses in high school to try it out, and I really liked it. But for me, I was just, like, super determined to try to, like, get better at bull riding. Yeah. And I was just just figuring out the bull riding, and I was like, man, I don't want to do anything else. It's going to be, like, counterproductive for me at the time. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't had the chance to grow up rodeoing like a lot of these guys were. So even though I thought it was cool getting on horses a couple of times, I just – cut it back and I, I never got I think I got on three bareback horses when I was about I don't know 16 or 17 and it was cool and I liked it but never did it again never never got on anything else yeah now what all do you I mean I know you I know that you do uh you know you cover the bull ridings and all the media side and stuff but now you're doing stuff with music as well now and and uh uh, putting on um, these these shows and stuff. Tell tell us all the places that you that you're doing this at because it's right here in Arizona. I know it it did. It kind of morphed over from the bull riding, which which I like though, which I dig. So, um, re- in a prerequisite, a little bit explaining that, like uh, 
before I was doing way more on the media side of things and then events were coming up and growing. I started a bigger standalone event. Um, I worked with the Roadrunner restaurant and saloon in New River, which is just on the north side of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was kind of growing with them. I was doing something with them like once a month, maybe. But that was kind of picking up and I was wanting to do more bull riding. So um, then it turned into the music. Like I'd put on the bull riding and I'd come up with like, we want to get like last weekend, we just had the seventh. That was one of the first big ones I put on the seventh annual Cowboy Baller Bash was the deal. Mm-hmm. Cowboy Baller Bash was one of the first kind of big parties I put on. And then I started booking shows and kind of picking and choosing like the concerts or the music or artists that I wanted to go with those shows. So that just kind of kept snowballing and going. And then um, four years ago, I started my bull riding, um, kind of gave that one the namesake, called the Where They Buck Invitational in Sierra Vista, Arizona, which is down southeast corner of the state. That's where my folks live. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's where I went to high school at and graduated. And I've been wanting to do something down there for a long time. So I did it there. Um, I do a, another bull riding in Tucson. I actually did two bull rides in Tucson, but one of them's a private deal for the bull game uh, for the Arizona bull. I do it for both football teams there and for old Tucson. And then I, I put on another bull riding at Corona Ranch. So I started doing it everywhere and kind of obviously everybody likes to party. And I think if you got the right setup and the deal and we've kind of groomed an audience for it. And I, and I think people at least around here know that that's what I do. You know, when we put on a bull ride and there's always a concert and a party with it. So I've kind of really went hand in hand with branding those and always making sure I have a show to go along with the bull ride. Yeah, that's cool. Now when you put on your bull ridings, do you, Put, I mean, obviously, you put some of the events on, the actual events on. Uh, where, where do you guys get your stock from? Um, all over the place, different deals. I mean, right now, around Arizona, because oddly enough, different conversation, but Phoenix kind of turned into bar bull riding capital of the world. You know, you right. think it would be Dallas or San Antonio or Oki City, and it's not. There's right. nowhere in the country that has the amount of little bars putting on bull riding like we are. So there's a lot of guys in this part of the country that aren't necessarily getting down the road right now, mm-hmm. but there's close access to a lot of good bulls around here. There's, man, I can call, geez, not even four or five hours away. I can probably call seven, eight, nine guys that have anywhere from three to six, seven, eight good bulls. Right. So depending on what the format is, what the bull riding is, um, I mean, there's there's good accessibility and nice kind of bulls around here that you can get. A lot of guys bulls. My deal in Sierra Vista, I do a bull team event, which isn't anything new. And, and a few more, I, and I wasn't the first people, or I wasn't the first one to do it the way I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. But there's not been a lot of people I think do it that way because everybody has ranked bull teams. And, and the bull power these days is so tough when you have ranked bull teams. Mm-hmm. You, hardly, you, you hardly see anybody stay on. So I put together like a 20 point bull team event down there with the idea of bringing a good pin of bulls, but ones that guys theoretically should be staying on a little more rider friendly. Mm -hmm. So hopefully we, you know, sell a bunch of good bull rides and it's good for the crowd too. And I get, I've had to postpone my bull riding twice this year with all the COVID shut down, the one in Sierra Vista, but I had 15 teams entered already with three Mm -hmm. bulls. Like I already had 45 bulls entered there coming from 15 different guys. So There's a lot of guys that get bulls. And, I mean, they were coming from New Mexico, and I think might have had somebody down there in the corner of Texas just because this event's different. 
a lot of Arizona guys, a lot of New Mexico guys, Utah guys. But, um, I mean, there's there's a lot of good bulls in this part of the country to get a hold of. So. Yeah, that's cool. Now, you, you live in – I met you up in, in Wickenburg, but you live about, what, 40 minutes from – from Wickenburg, you live in New River. I or? do. I live on the north side of Phoenix. I used to live on the west side. I've been in Phoenix for man, twenty plus years now, and uh, lived in a handful of places over the years. But I live up on the north side, uh, that Roadrunner Saloon that I do the business with and do the bull riding. They they have bull riding every Thursday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. They're right up the road from me. Um, not every event there is mine, but a lot of them that we do now because it's just grown in popularity so much. Right. And uh, I do I do a bunch with them, and they're close to me, so I'll, I'll probably stay on the north side of Phoenix for now. And I'm back and forth to Sierra Vista a lot because that's my big bull ride, and that's three hours away from here. Mm-hmm. But I spend a lot of time during the year working on that, so I'm between here and down south quite a bit. Very cool. Now, where where, where do you see this going? I mean, are you are you planning on just staying in Arizona, or do you have plans for going outside of Arizona? Um. I, I think predominantly here, I wouldn't rule out going like I had. And, and I mean, there's tons of great producers out there and people that are a hundredfold higher level than me. Right. But there, I mean, but there's not either. And there's some value. I've put on a deal in Texas for a buddy of mine. Um, I was supposed to do a deal in Tulsa with a guy and then all the shutdown stuff happened. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, this year we started as the events grew. Um, we, we started or I started whatever a tour with it, which obviously has been greatly affected with COVID shutdown. Like one of my events down South and I was like, well, I'm going to step it up this year and really want to bring bull riding back. Cause when I was going, when I was, you know, early twenties, the bull ridings and the rodeos were thick around here. I mean, there was just bull riding, standalone bull riding left and right all over the place. Mm -hmm. Economy fell off. Times changed. I felt like popularity fell off, but I felt like it's rebounding. And plus I've been building the brand for a while and, um, you know, we, we do, we do great production and they're not the biggest things in the world, but I think we're pretty on point. We have a good squad and we put on really good jam up shows and good parties and people like them. And it's shown in the popularity and growth. And I've been waiting to do like a whole tour system. And I started that this year, ironically, and then <laughs> shut down. It's completely flipped the script on that because I had Sierra Vista planned another bull riding at Tucson um, uh, I was with Wickenburg. I had two dates picked out for Wickenburg and then Corona ranch. So I was going to up my game this year and have about six standalone events. Mm-hmm. Plus we'd have a bunch of select events with Roadrunner Cause that's, that's like my home base. Those are my people. That's my team. Right. They've, they've done a lot in me and invested in me and let me do a lot for them. So, and, and we've got a great following. I mean, we fill the bull ridings and tack them out there all the time. So, um, that, that's the big thing. I'd really like to finish out the tour situation. I, right. I think next year, obviously this year is a little funky, you know, that's affected everything. So oh, yeah. a couple of those other events I was going to do are going to go away. I've already rescheduled Sierra Vista twice. Cause I do not want to cancel. I really want to keep that annual and consecutive. So right now we've got it on the books all the way back in November. I had it on the books in uh, excuse me, August. And they already pulled permits on me on that. So we're doing that. Um, just last month, even at Roadrunner, our, our bull ridings were, the bull ridings were full every time. The, the stands were packed, and then we just got shut down again. So rebound next year. Uh, big plan is, is I'd like to get this into a really steady 
um, consistent tour and even a tour that guys are going to, you know, come from further away to come to and really bring some good quality events back to Arizona. Bull riding used to be really thick around here. Mm-hmm. There's some people that do some great events. I think I do and we do as a team some really good events. And I think some people do some really crappy events, which right. kind of hurts hurts everybody. I mean, it's not good for business. And I think they miss that. But um, just bring bull riding back, man. I mean, I, I love rodeo in general. I've been a part of the Turquoise Circuit Board of Directors. I was the bull riding director for several years. I've been on the board for... I don't know, five or six or seven years now. And, uh, you know, just try to keep our industry strong. You know, it, it, I think it took a real dive for a while and times are crazy and a lot of stuff changing and don't want to see that go away, you know, and work hard to do what we've, so many of us have, you know, made our whole life on and our living and what we've done. And then, you know, hopefully make a good living on it too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I think too, that uh, I think the PBR is really helping, uh, you know, just bring the, just the cowboy lifestyle, you know, back into, uh, people's consciousness. And, uh, you know, I think that helps all of us. It's, it's definitely. Yeah. And with them stepping out, like they did, you know, going to the lengths they did to, to bring bull riding back, you know, yeah. doing those events with no fans in the stands and then packing up and heading to Vegas and doing that like PBR, just, I think a lot of people probably don't get the big picture, but to keep, to keep like the Western living culture and to keep rodeo and to keep bull riding relevant and familiar, especially mm-hmm. in a time like this and really have those guys being some of the front runners of doing it. And they didn't get the credit that was due to them really, because when a few people started popping back, even though bull riding came leaps and bounds in the mainstream, I think it kind of got missed out on. They were like, Oh, NASCAR stepping up and doing this. I'm like, man, they bucked bulls last week right. on a production <laughs> that probably cost you know, a million bucks right. and didn't put any people in the stands for it. And they went out and paid for that to, to put that out there. Right. So that's saying a lot. So though them guys and, you know, PRCA back in these rodeos and like Prescott, it's just, it's huge. It's a tough time. And, um, I, I think a lot of people don't get that. I've seen some of the people knocking like producers and associations and stuff for pulling it. But if you've not been on that side of the coin, it's, you know, it's crazy to sit back and be like, I'm going to keep promoting this. I'm going to keep selling it. I'm going to keep spending all this money on all this stuff. And then not know if either, you know, A, it's going to happen or B, you're going to generate any revenue. So obviously they're the big dogs in our world, but for them to come up and spend that money and assist those rodeos and, and put those events together like that, keep rodeo relevant, keep bull riding relevant and give guys a chance to go win and play, you know, and give everybody a chance to get hired and, go get paid. It's, it's huge. And that's a trickle down effect for us, you know, too. You know, Absolutely. obviously not on that page, but that, that helps us down the road. So it's big. Yeah. Because people come to Arizona or people that live in Arizona and, and there's more exposure to, you know, to bull riding. And, and you look at, I mean, the same company that owns the PBR, you know, owns UFC. I mean, that's my understanding, but you know, I mean, even yes, Dana, they do, yes. yeah, even Dana White owns a bull now. And I just think that's good, um, you know, all the way around for, for the cowboy image and, and the lifestyle and, and just in what you're doing, you know, because people are here and they go, hey, I can, you know, I mean, I, uh, I've i been in Arizona for six years and I've just been up here. I'm back and forth between Gilbert and Wickenburg. Uh, but uh, when I first got here and I, I heard about places out there where they have the, the uh, 
bull riding through the bars. And I just thought, man, that, that's the coolest thing. And I, I have been out a couple of times, but now, you know, once I met you up here and I've, I've been so busy and stuff too, I'm, I, I definitely want to get down there and, and, you know, see the events. And I know a lot of guys that have gone down and, you know, that participate and compete in them. And on that note, how, how many riders do you get? It, it's something like, you know, like Roadrunner. What, and, and how does, how does that um, all work? We, we usually cap it these days at 30 because um, we've taken a lot more guys. I mean, we've had New Year's Eve night. I, I'm super proud of growing because it's uh, getting the amount of guys that we get mm-hmm. because sometimes it's crazy these days. I think you've got to do a lot of things right. There's a million associations, mm-hmm. which has spread the guys out a lot more. Right. And there's a lot of stuff going around locally in different parts of the country that I think makes some guys that maybe aren't necessarily chasing something that hard, it makes it easier for them to stay at home. So you got to be strategic on how you get your guys. Cause, and, I, and I'm not knocking anybody else. I don't sure what single names because there's definitely people that are doing it right, right. But there's ones that aren't. And I'm like, man, I think we're doing it right because we're getting all the players and the guys come back because we do it right. We, we pay it good. It's a small thing. It's not huge paying, but we give away cool stuff. We give away cool prizes. I'm starting a tour. We put together jam up set of bulls. We put together a good party. It's fair. It's a legit deal. You know, it's going to be good. Mm-hmm. So for a while I was getting excited, like, man, we're getting all the guys. We're getting so many guys. But when you're trying to put on a show that night too, um, it, it gets a little, it gets a little much sometimes. And like New Year's Eve, we had 46 guys in it. Yeah. And, uh, at some point, I mean, back in the day, that didn't sound like anything. I mean, I used to go to Amy Rodeo, we'd have 60, 70 guys in it. But today in this day and age to come, I mean, to go put down there 50 guys that are bull riding that we're having at a bar on a New Year's Eve night where it's cold out. <laughs> and I mean, that's good, but it makes it rough trying to buck three or four sections of bull when you're trying to put a concert and a party on too. So usually we keep it down to about 30 guys, 30 to 35 guys, depending on who we got bringing bulls and what we need to do on the backside, um, have two to three sections. And uh, then I put together a show in a party and kind of schedule a concert. Usually, usually it's one headliner. We might have a couple in there, um, but it's just, it works good because we've got quite the team. The people that own the place there, mm-hmm. I, I work with them and for them, the squad of guys that we have working there, just, a lot of good people, and I think we execute it pretty good and put on some pretty cool bull rides. Now, do you do you get the talent together in terms of like the bands or or uh, that kind of stuff? Too? I do. Unfortunately, I'd like to say <laughs> for them specifically, for all my other standalone shows, anything that I do a concert with, I always get the talent and the bands or the show, whatever it is. And for them, I used to only do my event mm-hmm. specifically. Like I'd put together bull riding and we get Luke Kaufman or Cody Canada, right. Ned Ledoux, and I'd get those guys. And then at a certain point, the gentleman that used to do their other stuff, who I'm buddies with, he didn't want to do it anymore. And they were like, do you want to take over the rest of the music out here? And I didn't really at all. And it's, it's, uh, it's a task that keeps you busy. Right. Dealing right. with weekly talent week to week and people that cancel and sound production and, shows and advertising but it it really gave me the ability to control the schedule a lot better for all the bigger shows that we do so um between doing a little bit of media stuff with where they book which i'm wanting to get back to a lot more this next year on the media side Mm -hmm. and um all the bull ridings i do with the roadrunner working for them and then doing my other standalone bull ridings and then their music talent there and it's grown too it's 
thankful thankful for them for going out all in and going with me because it's not like we were hitting home runs right out the gate. Right. I mean, I was figuring it out. I was doing some things that I thought would work, and sometimes I was losing my butt, or unfortunately, I was losing their butt for them. Right. You know, and <laughs> and thank God they stayed with me, and it was a a learning curve and a process. But uh, um, it, it's going really good. Things have been really good I'm, I'm really proud of working with that place and for that place and and my brand and i think we've really both grown each other and uh we've got a great following man we've got super good supporters some bull riders that come out great fan base packing in there all the time so now, now in, in terms of the the skill level of the bull riders do you have uh do you have like divisions or you know is there is it handicapped because i know i've talked to some guys that have gone out there some some young kids that have gone out you know and they've I'm going to ride my full first bull. I mean, how, how does that work? And, and, uh, you know, say, say somebody comes to visit Arizona and they go, man, I, I want to get on a bull. Cause when you're, I, I can, I can say this. I, I was at a, I've been to a few bull ridings, you know, you know, I've never ridden a bull. I'd love, I'd, I'd love to, but that's probably never going to happen. But uh, I was at one recently, um, it was out in uh, Apache junction with a couple of young guys and, uh, was just behind the shoots, taking pictures and stuff. And I'm telling you, man, you, the hair on the back of your neck just stands up and your adrenaline gets, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and to just to that point, I had some guys on my, I did a um, episode on my podcast with um, a company called tribe skate and they're Navy seals and they started a skate company. It's a really cool story. But my point is they did some stuff with the PBR and they said on the podcast, I mean, these guys were active seals at the time when we did the show and they, when they said, you know, being at the PBR and being behind the shoots, and he goes and watching those athletes, you know, get ready and, and, and get on their bulls and stuff. He says they have the same look that, you know, they'll see in their buddies and, and uh, when they're getting ready to, you know, engage in a mission, you know, and he goes, it's just like locked in and, you know, uh, just on point and on purpose. And I'm telling you, man, it's just there's when I was there, I'm like, man, just give me a rope. Let me just slide a leg over one of these things, which would have been a disaster. But you know, that, that feeling just walls up inside you. And that, that's how exciting a, a, of a deal it is. Yeah. And it's, it's a neat setup there. And, and some of the other places do kind of a similar deal. And I think some are, you know, more involved, some aren't, but mm-hmm. what, what I do over here with these bull rides, my other standalone bull riding this year at the finals, I'm still going to have a finals, even though this whole COVID stuff is mm-hmm. it's throwing everything around and, and I'm squashing a couple of bull rides out of that. I'm still going to do a finals with a novice in the open at the finals. Obviously we have novice in a lot fewer events, Right. Generally, with my my bigger events at those things, they've either been an invite only or just an open bull ride. Um, at the Roadrunner, right up north here, they do practice on Thursday night. So anybody can come out. They've got a bunch of just first-timers, just nice little hopper user bulls that they bring guys out there, put young guys and or new guys or somebody that just wants to try it. Mm-hmm. So they got equipment you can rent out there. Um, you can get a guy on for the first time. They've always got guys to help them. And then on Saturday nights, it kind of depends on what's the party and how busy we're at. When I know that we've got a bunch of guys in the open and we can fill a bull riding in the open, and I, I'd rather take, you know, or we can take 30 open guys, mm-hmm. we'll just have an open bull riding that night. But, I mean, the novice guy's got to go somewhere too, and, mm-hmm. and that's part of helping them, and plus helping ourselves and helping the sport, you know. That's right. giving those guys a chance to get in front of everybody ride for some added money, ride for some buckles. So we have novice at a good deal of those. We try to include it as much as possible. Sometimes it's just, uh, you know, it's a busy weekend and we can't, but we have an open and a novice deal there all the time, and they have buckle series out there. And, and a lot of people, 
there, there's always it's like memes out there everywhere. Everybody's joking about the barbell riding, barbell riding, and yeah, it is a barbell riding. But one, there's there's a lot of difference in a lot of different bars, and I'll leave that at that. Two, right. uh, man, we there's on any given night like this weekend, two the contractors that we had there, all those bulls were at uh, PBR in Albuquerque, the PBR in Glendale, uh, some of the West Coast Cali ones. I mean, and we get good guys, and I think we've groomed it and, and put together a good enough reputation that those guys that are rodeoing hard, obviously 99% of the time they're not going to be there. Mm-hmm. But when those guys get a chance to duck off, mm-hmm. they're there. I mean, we've had – I could go down the laundry list of names that we've had. I mean, I can't tell you how many guys that have been to the PBR finals, the CBR finals, the CNFR, uh, the NFR. We had Stetson right there last year. We had Cody Nance win the bull riding one night. Mike White there, Lon Danley, Joseph McConnell. I mean, any given night, you never know who's coming through. And it's good to just have that, that those guys trust enough, you know, they'll stop off and come to that bull riding. And plus, there's a ton of there, – there's a pretty good young crop of guys around this part of the country coming yeah. up. So, uh, I mean, the other night when we rode there, uh, when we bucked bulls there last week, I think they were – the week before, there were a couple – there were a pair of 86s to split it. Mm-hmm. I think the other night there were 83 to win it. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there's a, it's like anywhere else, you know, coming up. It's, it's, you're going to see some fresh bulls there. You're going to see some young bulls there. Sometimes they're awesome. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes you're trying some out. But when we put something together, we put it together consistently, and you'll see a good group of guys there. You might see world champions. You might see NFR qualifiers. You might see a guy be 60 or you might see a guy be 90. So. Right. Yeah, very cool. Hey, um, something else that, uh, that you have that uh, – um, we talked about you and I've talked about before a little bit. Um, we did a photo shoot with, with a couple of guys and they had a, a, a town car and then you messaged me, you go, dude, I got a town car and you sent me pictures of it. And, <laughs> and I, I happen to love Lincoln town cars and, and yours is like super cool because it's got the uh, horns on the hood. So is there a story behind that car or, um, do you st- well, there's kind of a story leading up to the car. Um, <laughs> I had I had a promo wagon. I had a '79 Dodge American Clipper motorhome okay. that I bought off this guy that was a pilot. 100% original on the outside. Had custom license plate that said the Buckmobile on it. Mm-hmm. The inside had 100% remodel and looked advertising. It was taking it and put banners on it and we sold merch out of it and everything. Well, it got stolen. <laughs> so I was looking for something else neat to have for a promo wagon. I'm a huge fan of old Lincolns and old mm-hmm. Caddies, mm-hmm. and I'd been looking for one. I came across this 88 town car and um, bought it for a thousand bucks. And then since then I've put exponentially more money into it to get it where it's at. But it's pretty fun. I've actually, I just took it in and got some more pinstriping on it. It's got the old like hot rod, low rider pinstriping. Right. It has a, I put the factory white and what you really can't see in the pictures. It's fun about it is uh, got white walls and oh. repro hubcaps on it. <laughs> and a set of horns and the horns just got a paint job on them actually too <laughs> so it, it's, it's sparkly it's got a metallic blue pearl overlay i took it to vegas last year and um i mean we're pulling up with the 88 lincoln it's just ridiculous looking in the valet and it's like next to a hundred thousand dollar lambos and ferraris <laughs> and people are just loving it and taking pictures and that was the whole point it was supposed to be ridiculous and gaudy but they're super fun cars and it, it's pretty neat. So yeah, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll debut it with some more pinstriping and some horns on it. And I'll take it back to Vegas this year. Very cool. 
Very cool, man. So are are now are you guys shut down now? I mean, because they just had that that executive order where they're shutting the bars and gyms down again, which is crazy. But yeah, yeah, all that literally hit the fan yesterday. Yeah. So we we came back the beginning of June when we were allowed to and opened right. up and 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 did all the stuff, and then they hit some of those restrictions this last week. So we went through a bunch of protocols as much as we possibly could to have it. And then they shut us down again yesterday. So like I had, you know, bigger bull riders planned for each weekend there. They bunch bulls all the time, regardless whether I'm doing something, but when we kind of put a bigger concert and show on, then we do a bigger bull riding. And, um, usually we slow down in July because guys mm-hmm. are rodeoing their butt off, you know, and they're right. calling it and it's hot here. But with all those rodeos being canceled and guys not having as many places to go, we were going to go ahead full steam so long as we were open. Right. So tentatively, I mean, we've been filling the bull riding every week and having packed crowds and stuff. So we were going to roll on and do that in, uh, in July, but obviously we're, we're shut down. I'm, I'm curious about how this one's going to go. So, um, I, I don't know that this will ride out all the way through the month. We'll see. But, um, yeah, obviously they put the squash on gatherings of 50 people or more. So that right. for sure. And, and some people are wanting to have bull ridings, but, for us, you got to remember it's a business and a bottom line at that place. So you can't go dump all the money into putting in a bull riding that night and added money and stock and all that jazz and, you know, no. have 50 people there and 50 is not going to pencil out. So um, as far as bull riders are concerned with them, um, they're on hold until right now, hopefully August. Uh, my big bull riding down south in Sierra Vista, Arizona, I have rescheduled till November 11th. Uh, my fall date for Wickenburg, I've completely pulled <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, I've got another one that's tentative. So I, I, I anticipated it being a June or July thing. I just didn't, I just didn't think it was going to carry on and the residuals were going to be hitting us this hard down the road as far as putting stuff on. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like now, do you announce these or do you announce bull ridings or no? Do you have somebody to announce them or? Uh, oh, no, no, sir. Absolutely <laughs> not. The last thing I want to do is ruin a bull ride by <laughs> announcing it but uh we've got our main guys a buddy of mine that used to ride bulls and, and i've known for a long time um he announces a bunch of other rodeos but tonka ba uh old bull rider he's doing great in announcing he's our he's our in arena personality down there and uh another guy jake jacobson he's kind of our house team there but whenever we don't brian pride another great arizona announcer dan Sally. Um, we reach out good, good squad of guys around here. So they definitely have the regular in-house guys, but whenever we don't have them, we've got some awesome talent to, to be there for them. So very cool, man. Hey, well, my wine's getting low here. So, um, a couple questions. Do, do you have a, a favorite hat brand? Um, i well, of course, number one, right off the bat. I mean, I like straws, my buddy, JW Brooks, custom hat. Some of the absolute finest crafted custom hats in the business. He's been a sponsor of mine for 20 plus years. And I've, I don't think I've worn another felt on my head since I was probably 16 other than him. And um, Straws, a buddy of mine out of Mexico. I actually dabbled in getting a hat company going out of Mexico. Mm-hmm. Logistically, it was a nightmare. And I kind of backed off of that idea. One of my buddies out of Mexico just started a, a hat company called Pro Hat. They actually do straws and felt. They're just real fresh, so they're not getting deep into the States yet. But I wear plenty, man. I like Americans. I mean, I like some Rodeo Kings. I've got Resistals. 
if I find the right straw, the right open crown that fits my fat head, that somebody can throw your crease in, and I'll make it work. How about boots? Uh, well, I've been a Justin guy. I've, I've been fortunate enough to work for, I, I've worn everything. I right. still do. Um, I, I've done a lot of media and worked closely with the Justin sports medicine team on some media stuff with the NFR, like over the last six years. So, mm-hmm. uh, I'd say nine times out of 10, you're going to find me some Justin's on, but I, I, I like different stuff too. I like some boulets and through, I used to go. Uh, the last few years, luckily, riding bulls, I went to Brazil and Peru and Mexico a lot. So I found a couple of custom guys down there. So I get some custom shipped into me once every year or two too. Nice. Now you didn't you didn't, you didn't tell us about you did you you actually did you go ride bulls in Brazil and in Peru? I did. I really lucked out in a lucky uh, lucky hookup. I had known about a group of guys. Sean Case out of Cali, mm-hmm. riding bulls, and White Hancock, Cody Hancock's little brother, a really good bareback rider. I had known about those guys making this trip over to Brazil, mm-hmm. and I talked to him about it, and I was like, man, I got my passport. If you guys ever need somebody, I'll go at the drop of a hat. And it was a year or two later that finally a hole came up, and they called me if I wanted to go, and that was my first time going. And, man, I don't know. It would have been six, seven, eight years ago at this point. And I was still riding a lot then riding bulls bunch and so i went to brazil and i just always kind of try to tie myself into the business thing business into things mm-hmm. so i just told him i was like man you guys ever need help with the american guys just let me know and i'll, I'll help you make that happen and of course they do because it's a chore for them logistically especially not knowing guys and getting guys lined up and there's some different things and like we had to get a visa over there and guys have passports and get them ready so basically, I just kind of made myself available and really became an American connection, and it just spiraled from there. So I met a couple of cats from Mexico on one of the Brazil trips. Um, so then they're like, hey, you want to come to Mexico and bring a couple of American guys with you? And I was like, yep. So I lined that up. And then a gal from Peru was wanting to put over like an American-style rodeo in Peru. I met her through the Mexican guys, same thing. Like, you want to come to Peru and come get on bulls? And I was like, absolutely. So <laughs> I haven't been on anything for a couple of years even, but I mean, I got to go ride bulls in Brazil at PBRs and some open bull riding and some big, they got a couple of different associations over there, but I think I made like six trips to Brazil maybe. Man. And then, yeah. And just, it's, it's a different world over there in bull riding people. If you, I, I was super blessed. One of the coolest things in my life. I rode at a bunch of big, Pro rodeos, not all of them, mm-hmm. and, and a bunch of big bull runs, but I got to ride at Bahetos. That's the biggest event in the world right. as far as rodeos concerned. There's 60,000, 70,000 people in the seats, and there's another 30,000 people on the ground. There's 100,000 people there, and it's just unreal to have a chance to ride over there at that. And I got to ride at that event, I don't know, four years ago, probably. Man, so, yeah, crazy. like four trips to Peru. And I just always helped him out and lined up their American guys for him. And it got to my buddy in Mexico to where he was even paying me. And then they would pay our way too. So like they would pay our flight, our hotel, our fees to be paid, our food. Plus we get treated just awesome over there. So it was just a great experience to be able to, I mean, collectively between the trips I took to Mexico, Brazil and Peru, I'd say all together, I've easily made 15 trips between those three places. Man, and, and got cool. to go ride bulls over there. Yeah, super neat experience. Yeah, that's awesome, man. 
How about how about cowboy movies? You got a favorite cowboy movie? Oh man, I don't know. It's hard to get off a lonesome dove. Like I don't know <laughs> how you ever get off a lonesome dove. But I mean, like everybody else, we I went to high school in Tombstone. I think we might have watched Tombstone every day in college in Snyder, Texas, right. <laughs> for a year. So those those are probably two of my favorite right there. And you can't go you can't go wrong with any of the, like the True Grit and things John Wayne old school. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Wasey, I'm, fi- I'm glad we finally got to do this. I know we, we had it scheduled, oh gosh, right before this COVID thing. I think it was the day that it hit, wasn't it? Uh-oh. Maybe, yeah, and everything hit the fan and kind of got crazy for a while. Yeah, yeah, and then we were fi- finally able to pull it together here, so that's very cool. Very cool. I appreciate you, man, coming on, and, and I look forward when this, this COVID stuff's over and, and you get back up. I'm going to come down there and, and – uh, come to your event and check it out, man. Um, like I said, I've, I've been up here, you know, a year, but I've just been so busy and I've, I've breezed through there a couple of times since we've been in Arizona, but, but never, uh, never been back, you know, so I'm, I definitely look forward to that, man. You Maybe. bet. Well, we already got some big stuff planned in the fall. And I mean, as soon as we're allowed to come back, we'll be back, but the fall kind of picks up again when I do a bunch out there. So we'll do some really cool bull rides, events and concerts. Plus I'll have some other stuff going on in the state so definitely man come see us and we'll take take the lincoln out for a cruise and come see a cool party and a bull ride i love it and if you got an old tame milk cow you could run in one of them shoots and i could slide a leg over it and get a rope on it tell my wife i'm gonna I, ride, a, ride a bull and I, just open that shoot and just that'd be my debut <laughs> i i can literally make that happen it's a cool story one of my sponsors from service a really cool cat marcus buddy of mine now some, some native grill and wings uh-huh. he's nothing to do with bull riding, nothing cowboy at all. And he came out there and he loved it. And he's like, man, I told my wife, I'm going to get on a bull. What would it take to make that happen? <laughs> I said, the only thing it would take is you not being full of it. Cause I will make that happen. Like right now, <laughs> like I will go pay your fees and I will get you some gear and I will get you stuck on one right now. And uh, we did it. And we stuck him on one, got him on a little hopper right there about 20 minutes later. He loved it. No kidding. Well, just get uh, the National Guard out there to protect me once I come off, and I'm and I'm, I'm open to it, dude. <laughs> All right, we can we can do it and keep you safe, brother. So hey, Wacy, people want to follow you on uh, social media. Uh, you got a website? You want to just throw that out there? Yeah, we got everything, and I mean, you can find it whether it's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the website. Um, where they buck, you know, it's just like it sounds. W H E R E. T-H-E-Y-B-U-C-K. And uh, if you want to see some action from where they buck, that's usually what we're covering and, and doing. We've got the website under construction. And uh, right now, switched it for like the third time out and got hacked on some stuff. So we're currently working on it. So you see some stuff, but it's just flipping around right now because we've made it live so we can kind of see it on the front side. But uh, uh, right now, obviously, things are slow with COVID shut down and us being locked down on events and, and media and all the rest of the events being locked down. But as soon as things are rolling, we'll be back full speed. Perfect, man. All right, Wacey. Well, hey, man, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. And then um, we'll talk soon. I'll see, you. I'll see you down there when all this is over. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for having me. You bet. Hey, don't forget to check out the sponsor of the podcast, The Cow Lot, at thecowlot.com. They are all about service, quality, honesty, and integrity, the Western way of life, how you wear it, and how we preserve it. Be sure and check them out and tell them Dan at the Modern Cowboy Podcast sent you. Where are you cowboys and cowgirls at?
hitch up the trailer Saddle up old rock and ice down a cooler I'd drive that old back road until it ends And the rope and pin We got them rusted out pickups and fancy rigs $20,000 horses, then there's my own stick Although we're all the same The minute we ride in to the roping pen Most of life's problems Yeah, we're gonna solve them Down at the roping pen Yeah, we don't do it for the money Yeah, we're always broke Just ask Clint what he paid a rope He's lost a dozen wives Half the fingers on his hands To the rope and pin And it takes a little skill And a little luck If you can talk smack If you can back it up Oh, but we're all friends No matter who wins Down at the rope and pin Tell a few more lies Drink another beer And hypothesize Most of life's problems By God we're gonna solve Down at the Roman Pen We'll see y'all again Next weekend Down at the Roman Pen